Pass, pass, pass. Pass the poutine. This is the poutine. Fries, cheese curds, and chicken gravy. This is the poutine. Hi everyone, it's your host Nina from Past the Poutine Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Zoe. Hey Zoe, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hi Nina, thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very excited that you're here. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about your life. You're Chinese, but you are from France. Exactly. So it's a little bit more complicated as a background because I actually was born in、uh, the Netherlands. How did that happen? Oh, okay. So my parents separately immigrated to South America. So my dad immigrated to Suriname. So、um, basically, thirty、uh, or forty years before, there's three Guyanas in South America. So there's one that are English, one that is Dutch, and one French. So、uh, my dad went to the Dutch one, and my dad,、uh, my mom went to the French one, and they met in between because it's very close by.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they met, they got married, and at the time the hospital in French Guiana was really bad, so they chose to give birth in the Netherlands, where my dad's sister、uh, moved there. So I was born there, and my dad's sister raised me until I was three years old, and then I went back to live with my parents in French Guiana. Oh my gosh! Wow. So basically, French Guiana is part of France. It's like an overseas like department. So we we do ha-、uh, use French as an official language, and we do have the French passport and using the French currency at the time. Hmm. Nice.、Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, Teresa, that's a really like long background. So you're, I, I would say, like very European. Kind of, but it's a little bit special because, like, I grew up,、uh, like, the first years in the Netherlands, and then I was in South America. So it's feel like a little bit further than Europe.、Yeah. And then when I was 18 years old, then I moved to、uh, France itself.、Um, To study, and then I lived there for fifteen more years. What was it like、mm-hmm. growing up in France? Because you know, I talk a lot on my podcast about what it's like growing up Asian Canadian, and you know, like there's a lot of racism and there's a lot of identity issues, right? Because I don't look white, but I feel very white, and and I wonder if it's the same situation for you. Exactly.、Um, so. It was tough because in French Guiana, it's mostly、um, majority black people,、mm-hmm. like what we call Creole.、Mm-hmm. So it's they were basically they were、uh, from Africa and they were、uh, bought by by French、uh, colons. It's what we call. And then they were mixed with white people, and that's why they call Creole. But their history it's a little bit complicated because they were slaves, and so they were part of France. They are part of France. They are French, but they will consider themselves first Creole、um, before being French. So I grew up in that kind of environment. So it was complicated for me to associate myself as being French. Right and、uh, yeah and so besides the Creole, you have also like many many different、uh, ethnicities, like such as、uh, Hmongs, because、uh, you know Vietnam was part of France at、mm-hmm. like 
many years before and because of the war we have a lot of people from Vietnam and also uh, a lot from the ethnic Hmong mm-hmm. and also uh, we also have a lot of uh, First Nation uh, people living there as well from the south and so the culture the identity was already complicated right and as a yeah, yeah. and as a Chinese it's more complicated because most of the Chinese were doing businesses there so everyone has the feeling that Chinese have a lot of power and like took all their money because they they were the one running the businesses there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i suffer racism very strongly living there i was bullied at school i was uh, like kids would throw rocks at me um yeah it was really tough but so the kids that were throwing rocks at you they weren't like the the i guess we would say like white french people but they were no. the the creole people exactly That's so, so interesting what is amazing is white was minority there (laughs) (laughs) and they mostly they are kids from the policemen because all the policemen were white and then they would just come as a family and they have a lot of advantages because taxes was really high because all the products was imported Mm -hmm. so uh, as a white privilege yeah. <laughs> families, they do have extra money to spend. Uh, the government will give them extra money. And they mostly will be maybe one or two white kids per school. Mm. And they will just stick with them, like among them. They will stay all together. What? They would date each other. They would just stay together. Yeah, they would keep the white blood pure. <laughs> <laughs> basically oh my gosh yeah. so did you hang out with other were there other Asian kids like you mentioned there were Vietnamese kids around and stuff like that did you yeah. hang out with them or so most Vietnamese and Hmong will hang out together mm-hmm. they stay in, in sort of villages and they just stay together and there is a big Chinese community um, they do hang out together and they do, will do celebrate like Chinese New Year and stuff like that but my parents will never be part of it so I was not into that community and most of my friends were black or mixed and I was quite rejected by the Chinese community because I did not hang out with them so that's interesting like your parents didn't really associate with the Chinese community is there a reason for that let's say that my dad was weird and he likes (laughs) he doesn't he was not very social (laughs) (laughs) and most of the time my parents would work all the time so Mm. they do hang out with other Chinese but they won't participate into the official Chinese uh you know association where you have to like contribute financially and do activities with everyone they won't do that Mm. but they all their friends most were Chinese. Uh, my mom actually went to French Guiana quite young. She was a teenager. So she does have a lot of friends that are Creole or Black. Mm. So I grew up with that uh, culture. Like I will more associate at the time myself with the Black culture than Chinese culture. Mm. Um, That's so interesting. Like for example, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, f- I feel like when I was little, I wish I was Black so I can be like... <laughs> <laughs> like the other kids mm-hmm. <laughs> and not be different that's, that's that's so interesting because i feel like in canada and in the states there's 
a really big divide between like Asian people and black people, right? Just because of yeah. um, the model minority stereotype, like, oh, if, if Asians uh-huh. can come here in one generation and make it and become doctors and lawyers, what excuse yep. does every other race have for living in poverty for so long, right? Exactly. But, yeah, but then you grew up in such a mixed neighborhood where it wasn't, there was racism, but like the human still transcended the skin color yeah and the fact that like later on when I was like older like maybe uh, during middle school or uh, high school it was a little bit better for uh, regarding to racism because I will hang out just with black people so I was accepted among them mm-hmm. so it's so I will feel like less rejected and yeah, but I was really rejected by the Chinese community. Yeah, yeah, that must have been really confusing, though, growing up when you were rejected by the Chinese community and then all your friends are black, right? Like, how did you think about your identity? I know you mentioned you wanted to be black and stuff like that, which is <laughs> I, I definitely can relate in terms of like, I really wanted to be white growing up uh-huh. and stuff like that. And it's really kind of fucked up my own sense of identity. And I don't know about you. <laughs> I I was lost for so long. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I figured out my identity not so long ago, like maybe five or four years ago. How come? Um, I think um, coming to Canada have have really helped me in that sense because Mm -hmm. I feel like here I can just be myself and I don't need to choose. Like, I don't need to choose being French. I don't need to choose being Chinese or anything. I can just be myself and I can be all of that in the same time. That's really interesting, yeah, that you say that. Because so so what is it about Canada that makes you feel this way is I know I know we 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 preach like multiculturalism and and the (laughs) cultural mosaic and stuff like that and it seems like it's very true Mm -hmm, definitely first because I never seen that much of Asian people (laughs) (laughs) in a country that is not located in in Asia so I yeah (laughs) (laughs) so I never feel as Chinese as much as now than all my life. Okay. I I feel like I repressed that part for a long time because I tried to fit in, especially when I was after that living in France. And so in France, that was different than French Guiana. Uh, in France, mostly uh, people were white. And the main, like outside of the white uh, population will be either uh, black or Arabic. Mm. So mostly from Northern uh, Africa because a French did colonize a lot of that part. So that explained that. So Asian were still a quite minority in France as well. So in France itself, it was uh, tough because I was lost as um, I did not associate myself as a French, but I did have to try to fit in. And because in France, when you do immigrate there, you have to fit in and you have a little bit kind of leave your culture uh, at home and focus on being fully French. Really? Sounds like like the States, like America. Um, Maybe. I'm not sure about that, but uh, we can exchange more about it um, and see if it's similar. Um, But for example, I can see here 
you will see a lot of languages options like even you go to the bank or even like at the city hall but in france it will be only in french so if you don't know mm -hmm. french you're screwed <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I didn't know. Well, you know, there was always that stereotype that French people are like very racist. Like I know growing up in Canada, we would talk about French people in school and my teachers would always be like, oh, you guys, we're so lucky we're Canadian. And like when <laughs> Americans go to France, they put like a Canadian flag on their backpack just so French oh. people wouldn't uh, be racist or mean or rude to them. Uh, growing up in France, did you know about that stereotype that Americans would put? Yeah. You, you did? Oh, yeah. You, is that a thing? Oh, okay. <laughs> we don't like Americans, basically, <laughs> because we think they don't have any culture and they're mm. dumb. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Basically. I, I, like, they're very basic mm. and they don't have, like, a, a history and they they don't have much also, like, uh, uh, manier, like... They, they're not polite. They don't have any, ah. like, table. Yeah, manners or... and stuff like manners, that. Manners, yeah. yeah. But I would also say, like, Canadians, I would say, also don't have much of a culture or history either. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they are not as vocal as Americans. Oh, I see. So we tend to, like, uh, less focus on Canadian. Mm. Then, and we do also have stereotype, right? We will feel like Canadians are more easygoing and they're more, like... They don't care about all those people's like stuff. Despite American, they they put their hands in everyone and in every country, <laughs> even though it's not their business. So that's uh, why we were more focused on them. That's right. That makes sense. And also, it's such a powerful like country in terms of economy and totally. stuff. So that's why we will like focus on them. And, okay. Right. Yeah. That makes mm -hmm. sense. That's so okay. So so French people do know that stereotype. So when you were in France and you would see like a tourist with a Canadian flag, would you just assume they were like an American masquerading as a Canadian? No, we we didn't know about the flag uh, mm. thing. Um, but we personally, I couldn't distinguish Canadian or American, exactly. so I would just associate everyone as American. Ah, okay, basically. okay. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I remember, like, just always hearing that, and then they would always be like, if you go to France, make sure you put the Canadian flag, make sure they know you're Canadian. Well, So it was, like, this huge thing, I don't know, and then I, I'm glad I could talk to a French person and kind of get the confirmation on that. Yeah. Women are very, very independent and very strong and very opinionated in France. I um, want to talk about that. Yeah, I want to talk about definitely. what the, the role and image of women are in France. Because the stereotype of French women is like they're very feminine and they're very beautiful and they know how to dress. And there's even a book called like, what is it? How to, how to dress like a French woman or how to be like a French woman or something. It's like wear perfume and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah. Oh. Tell me about yeah. French women mm -hmm. and, and their so, role. Yeah. So basically, uh, regarding clothing, we are quite very simple. We would choose like pieces that can last for a long time. And we don't really follow trends that much, but we will be staying classic. Mm -hmm. And regarding makeup, uh, as a different of American, we don't put as much as makeup on the eyes. We will just maybe put like foundation, a little bit of blush and lipstick, mm -hmm. a little bit of mascara, but um, not as heavy makeup as Americans. Yeah, very mm -hmm. classic, like very classic, like timeless, timeless uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's the way to go. I think that's the best look because you, you want to look at your old photos and be like, wow, that could have been taken today, right? And not exactly like so. Yeah, but but yeah. you were saying how French women are very independent. I'm very interested to hear about that because I watched this one video. I don't know if you know this girl named Mara Lafontaine. I don't know. Nope. She's some like young like fashion girl or whatever in in France and she Uh was saying how in France like uh women always split the bill and I was shocked when I heard that because in America in Canada it's very common for women to expect men to pay still like as progressive yeah as progressive as women here say they are uh there's countless memes online that's like I just um, mm-hmm. Like I just use Tinder for for free food, or even my younger brother when he my younger brother would literally say like dating apps for girls are just free food apps for girls, right? So really? yeah, so um, but when I saw her, she's like huh. a gorgeous, she's like a model, right? So mm-hmm. like if anyone is entitled to like to spend time with her, they should pay for yep. her meal type of deal. But she's like, I would never pay for, I would never expect a man to pay, like blah, yep. blah. and I was shocked. Um, can you explain so more about that? Few, yeah. yeah, there's few ways to look at it. So uh, let's say that you have a date uh, in France. Mm-hmm. So I will always pay for my meal. Mm-hmm. But let's say that the guy insists to pay. Yeah. I will only let him pay if I am interested. Uh-huh. Then I can offer him, okay, but next time let me invite you. So I have a chance to invite him back and see him again. Mm-hmm. So that's how we do it. But if we are not interested, definitely we won't let the other person pay because it's feel like we owe them something. Oh, nice. So there's not that expectation. Yeah. And does that, um, no. so the, it's more of like, a, it's more equal. It's totally more equal. Um, um, in France, uh, we don't see much of a separation between, like, let's say in a family, like a dad role and a mom role. Like, a lot of French men will cook and participate into the daily life, like uh, activities and like tasks. Most of the time, it's quite equal, and most of the people don't get married there. But we, in we will just, yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll just live together and then maybe have kids and maybe later on if we feel like we want to get married sometimes couple get married after the kids are, are like bigger what yeah it's explained by the fact that we are not very religious okay um, yeah and the main religion in france it's uh catholic mm-hmm and because we do have because of the history uh, of France uh, we have a separation between religion and the state Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that there is no like interference between the power of the church and the power of the state Mm -hmm. and we do have a negative connotation towards people who are religious you have a negative connotation towards people that are religious i'm really interested in um that what what do you mean Mm -hmm. for example most of the people who are catholic they are in higher class and more rich and they would choose to go to private catholic schools because in france the only private school are religious schools oh right 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 and it's very distinguished how they will dress up and 
yeah, for example, women will have polos or like white shirt with like a cardigan or something. It's very distinguished how they will dress themselves. Mm-hmm. And most of the time they will have more kids than average. Oh, oh, interesting. I, I So I would say mm-hmm. it's not too different than the private schools in Canada, right? Most of the mm. private schools here, they have to wear the uniform and the skirt and mm-hmm. everything like that. But I didn't know mm-hmm. they were looked down upon. I feel like in Canada, the image we have towards kids that go to private schools, like they come from money, they're rich, yeah. and, we, and we might be like like dumbass rich people that are privileged, whatever, <laughs> right? But it seems like in France, it's it's actually like these people are yeah. yeah because it's explained by the history of france right because we do have a long long history and we did fight for our freedom mm-hmm. because uh for a long time the church has a very very strong power on everything and will like help the king to manage the country mm-hmm. and we don't want that anymore and we do want to think by ourselves and not to be dictated what to do. I love it. So progressive. Yeah, yeah I think that's <laughs> And great. even though I do have friends that are maybe Catholic, I myself was baptized Catholic, mm-hmm. but most of them, they don't really believe in the religion and most of them will do things uh, out of traditions more than beliefs. Right, nice. And we never, never mentioned religion even among friends mm-hmm. Or uh, at work or at school, it's something that we should not mention at all. In comparison, in Canada, I was shocked that people will speak so freely about their beliefs mm-hmm. and mention the name God like it's like a, a like a uh, friend, <laughs> like a friend or like a reference, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I, like this is what shocked me the most when I arrived here that's really interesting yeah because you know i grew up here and then i've only lived in two countries in asia and yeah if they didn't really talk about religion well in korea it's like everyone is super religious in korea like cult level religious Mm, Um, yeah moon moon the 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 cult moon is from oh yeah the cult mentality in korea is insane like i think i talked about this on my podcast before but uh, a swiss girl i know she went to a korean uh what later she found out was like a cult and then the priest or the pastor guy he would say like people who don't believe in god are what and then he'd throw the mic like this at them and then they would say trash what are they <gasps> trash what are they trash like in korean right and she, so she she's like a white swiss girl and she was like telling me and i was like oh my god <laughs> that is crazy <laughs> I, I didn't know a lot of french people wanted to go to quebec because uh i remember one time i was backpacking in japan and i stayed at a hostel and the there were six beds in the room and there were five guys in the room and me and the the hostel owner was like i'm so sorry everyone in your room is a guy like ah and i was like oh it's okay i grew up with like all dudes anyway it's fine and they were all from france they were all like they were all friends and then there was so they told me about paris and they're like yeah you should come visit paris blah blah blah. but this was just like a year after the the terrorist attacks are starting or something like that oh yes uh november 13 2015 yeah yeah yeah, exactly right so um yeah they're like yeah maybe don't come so soon so i told them i'm from canada and then i was like 
and then they were making fun of Quebec. They're like, oh, Quebec people don't speak proper French. Their French is so old. It's so traditional. Like, like, cause, cause I guess they were saying like, um, the French in Paris or in France is, is more like modern and they have slang. Whereas in Quebec, they keep and retain like the very old, like, I guess we would say like old timey English, the equivalent maybe. I'll- yeah, it's equivalent, and even for like new, like for example, we'll have new words like email and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in France, we will use the word email, and we will say we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Quebec, they will be try to find an equivalent in French, and it, or maybe just create one oh. uh, to replace the name in English. And even though, like for example, for, even when we have movie from the states, sometimes we'll keep the the title in English, for example, for Hangover, we just keep Hangover. But in Quebec, they change it completely. They will put the, yeah. And the, yeah. And they do have their own, like, um, interpretation uh, of movies. Oh. And we do have a different one because the words we use are different. Oh, yeah. So the the translation, the subtitles would be different yeah. in Quebec than they would yeah. be in France. That's really interesting. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Huh. <laughs> it's funny that you said they have their own interpret or they, they change the movie titles um, mm-hmm. in Quebec, but they don't in France. I was talking to my friend, she's German, and she was saying how like in Germany, they would change like movie titles, it um, translate them in German instead of keeping them and I was like oh maybe German Germany is more old-timey than I think <laughs> uh, we do change most of it except sometimes it's hard to change so we'll keep it in English yeah I think that would make sense yeah, yeah like yeah. like my German friend she was telling me how you know Tiger King right so <laughs> best yeah. best TV show ever <laughs> so good <laughs> she was saying how in Germany they changed the name to I think big cats and their predators. The German trans, Ooh. yeah. Like, why did they just keep Tiger King? You know, like, why did they have to change that? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. So, so you're in Vancouver. What kind of cultural shocks did you experience when you were in Canada, living here? And I'm sure everyone was like, "Oh, another Asian girl in Vancouver, whatever." But as soon as they heard you speak and they hear your French accent, they must have been like, "I'm very confused." <laughs> I, I will face another type of racism, like not like a mean racism, but I will feel like it's still kind of like assumption kind of racist. Mm-hmm. They will be first, uh, they will be surprised I will speak French and they will ask me, how come do you speak French? Mm-hmm. And then I will just simply answer because I'm French. And then they will insist. Yeah. But where where was you born? And then I say, oh, the Netherlands. Yeah. And then they will insist, and then they will go higher up. But where are where were from uh, your parents from? <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I will just play with them. I say, oh, they're French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get that too. And uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of Asians here get that. Like Asians born and raised in Canada. It's like. Why yeah. is your English so good? But where are you from? But where are you really from? Fucking yeah. just tell oh, me that what question you really are. from? Oh, <laughs> the question where are you really from? I have the perfect answer for that. Uh, my mom's vagina. Yeah, the uterus. <laughs> yeah, my mom's uterus. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is where I'm really originally from. Right. Nowhere like, else. Uh, my thing is like 
that question, it, it's not that it bothers me so much. It's that if we were friends and we had some sort of relationship, you would know, right? It's not exactly. like something I'm keeping from you. But if you're a stranger, like, why or who are you to come at me and, like, yeah. interrogate me and question my identity when we don't even know each other? That's my main exactly. thing, right? Is like, to go around and, like, make assumptions about people yeah. when you don't even know them. But yeah. guess what? If you become friends with them, you're going to know stuff about them. They're going to exactly. open up to you, right? So why don't you try being friends with people first? Yeah. yeah and what does why does it matter mm-hmm. what where i'm from so with that question i did get that question a lot and i would just say i'm french mm-hmm. and then even at the workplace i would just play with people with that <laughs> I, <laughs> I would just say yeah <laughs> yeah my parents are french they nationality are french so yeah french. <laughs> so what kind of like uh culture shocks did you experience that are that were in canada that aren't in france and stuff like that yeah um so as i mentioned already it's very asian and yes <laughs> so it, it was the best time for me at the beginning to discover that side of me let out and the, let, let this, out the asian let side. it out <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i was first living in richmond when the first two years oh my god uh, the asian here. capital of of Canada, maybe, yeah, <laughs> exactly, because the rent was cheaper, <laughs> and I do not want to live with roommates, and I wanted to live by myself. Totally so. understand, yeah, yeah, and still close to any public transportation because I do not drive. Because in France we do don't need to drive. So. Right, right. Um, that and also I was shocked that I don't really need to speak English here. like going (laughs) grocery shopping or ordering food Uh, if you live in richmond that that was surprising yeah you basically (laughs) need to speak chinese you need (laughs) (laughs) so let i will say that my cantonese has uh very much improved since i'm here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the first two years I don't feel like my English were improved mm-hmm. that much mm-hmm. because I was hanging out at first only with French people Yeah, uh, it was the easiest way to get connected with people I will just find the people as like me and in a new country and then it's like having a kind of sense of security knowing someone like me yeah totally and facing the same difficulties and I was also working in for the French uh, school board so all my coworkers were either French or from Quebec oh, okay. so I did not need to speak English at all basically <laughs> basically if you come to Canada you don't need to speak English because the communities here are so yeah. strong and you can exactly. basically skate by like I know Vietnamese people who came here like 30 years ago like as refugees and they still don't speak English you know what I mean <laughs> like it's it's a little bit wild <laughs> Yeah, but in the same time, everything like the administration and everything will be very um, adaptable to them. They will provide maybe translator and yeah, totally. You know, but in France, that won't never be an option. You gotta learn French. Uh, my parents don't speak French. They they can survive like in daily basis, but mm-hmm. basically they will count on their kids <laughs> to mm-hmm. be the translator. 
Yeah. So I will always joke about, oh, I should put translator, like 30 years of translation for my parents, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And for their friends, uh, like going to the doctor's appointment, writing like official letter for them and calling for them. Oh my God. So true. That's such a Asian uh, American, Asian Canadian, Asian European yeah. like thing. It's like translating for our parents. Yeah. And what pissed piss me off is that my, my mom will make me do those stuff for her friends without asking my permission. So she would just assume that I can do it. Oh my God. And thinking back, I should charge those people. Totally. Totally. (laughs) You're not, you're not Asian enough. You got to hustle, man. You got (laughs) to squeeze everything out of everyone. You know, Asian people are like, there's a price for everything. Survival mode. Survival mode. It's always a war going on. Yeah. So when you came here, I wanted to ask what it was like um, dating in Vancouver. Because I love talking about dating in Vancouver with people that aren't from Vancouver. Because Vancouver people Uh are super famous for being very superficial and flaky. Right. And at and I don't know if flaky in flaky like um they're like hey let's hang out let's do this and then they'll bail on you or they'll cancel on you like and it's usually last minute or they'll double book and then they'll decide who they want to hang out with last minute so someone's always being bailed on that's so it seems you you're giving me a very shocked reaction which shows that you haven't experienced that much which I'm actually very happy about because Vancouver people are super flaky it's it's a thing really I I haven't experienced that part as much, but I'm I really don't mind when people bail on me because then I can just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> I will get mad if I'm already at the meeting location, mm-hmm. but if I'm home, I'm not not ready. It's fine, <laughs> but I haven't experienced that much mm-hmm. uh, of that flakiness. Uh, about the superficial part, I. I feel like I can see it. Uh, I feel like people will hang out with their friends from schools. Yes. And they will have like a, a strong click and it's hard Super to get clicky. inside. Yes. Yeah. 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 Totally. And I feel like people from Vancouver or Vancouver area, uh, they would date when they are in university. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And I miss that time. I'm overage for that. <laughs> and <laughs> so I went out right here. I did not have much friends. And I already have few friends uh, that are French. Um, and I wanted to do more. So I did use Tinder and POF to kind of meet people and kind of do things uh, mm-hmm. that allows me to do more things. And no more Canadian, basically. But at that time, I was, as I mentioned, I live in Richmond. So... All the date that I got, they were Asian. <laughs> Did you set your radius, your Tinder radius, oh. to like one kilometer, two kilometers? <laughs> Just Asian, Asian, Asian. <laughs> I, I sucked at uh, distance. So at first, I, I think I, I put the distance, I don't remember, but a, a lot, like more than 60 kilometers. Oh my God. Because I was not aware. And yeah. so I was talking to someone who lives in Saskatchewan. Okay, so first of all, Saskatchewan is not 60 kilometers from Richmond, but that's crazy. <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah, so I think it was the first guy who talked to me on Tinder. Um, mm. uh, 
it was my my first time on Tinder, and I was not aware of the norms and the etiquettes, mm -hmm. um, what we should do. So for me, it was just a way to talk with people and meet people. And I was just talking to him, and we even talked on the phone. And oh, he was he was a depressed guy in Saskatchewan. Oh, was he Canadian? Like, Canadian? yeah, yeah, white white guy. Oh. Yeah. But with an Asian fetish. Yeah, that's that's a tough like that's a tough one. The whole white guy Asian girl thing because I know a lot of my friends are in white guy Asian girl pairings, um, mm -hmm. and like the the trouble I seem to have is like, uh, it's I feel like it's okay or it's easy to find not easy I don't know if that's the right word but for Asian women to be open to dating men from different races, and mm -hmm. if they date a white guy then cool. But I find that it's hard to find a white guy that will is open to dating girls from other races instead of just having an Asian fetish. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I I did observe that as well, and and I did have some comments from my friends who say, "Oh, you're so lucky, you're Asian, and guys are very into Asians here. They and it's harder you. for them." Yeah, they say that it was harder for them, uh, like to date and have like match and even got a date your what your white date. girlfriend said that uh they were white and one was arabic yeah oh my god so they so being an asian woman is uh is a privilege they feel like in, in the they feel like chain. yeah they f it's what they feel like they felt like i didn't know time. white people i didn't know yeah. white women felt that way they oh. did apparently they say oh asian girls have more chance to get a date interesting huh mm -hmm. like i know mm -hmm. there was that dating profile or was it plenty of fish or something yeah where, where POF, they, yeah of where they said like the most uh desirable man was like a white oh. man and the most desirable woman was an asian woman like oh. I, I was shocked when i read that and i was like oh that's really weird but then it can also go into the whole like stereotypes that people have about yeah. Asian women and how yeah. they're like submissive, submissive and um, very kind, very um, childish. You have to protect them yeah. and it can bring out their manhood. Right. I feel like Nina, uh, you and I, I, we have the same a little bit approach regarding dating. Mm -hmm. um, we are not a typical Asian girl and yeah. Let's say that even physically, I don't uh, match the stereotype. Mm -hmm. I have short hair. I'm not thin. I I don't wear false lashes. I, <laughs> You're not an like, AVG. <laughs> no, I don't have like a Louis Vuitton bag uh, or Louboutin shoes. <laughs> Stuff like that. I I don't know how they walk with it. Maybe they don't walk. They just no. Like they get drive they get and driven then sit. around in yeah, right. the Mercedes Benz. Yeah. Come on, come on. Yeah, Zoe, I have please. to take the bus and the Sky Train, so that won't be convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially a uh, short hair. Yeah. And I did have a lot of comments of guy asking me if I am planning to grow them yes okay so the listeners can't see but zoe has a re you have really short hair not just short hair but it's like uh yeah. by your ear right yep yeah so yep. is was like i wanted i was you know i've never thought about it but yeah like is there a reason why you have short hair because it, it very much goes against 
the stereotypes of like what what the hair length a woman should have, so to speak, you know? Yeah. So when uh, the last time I had short hair, I was 21. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I look back at those pictures one day I show you, you will be shocked because you won't recognize me. (laughs) If if I see that same girl in the street, I will say, oh, what a bitch. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I I will be the stereotype that guys will be looking at, like very long hair, very thin, uh, very sexy, uh, always having lo- uh, low, deep, uh, cut, low cut shirts. Exactly. Um, tight pants. Uh, oh, my God. I'm dying. I need to see this. <laughs> Holy shit. Exactly. So I will, for example, when I was younger, I will go to class and one time I just wear a a pair of jeans and a bikini top. Oh my God. Yeah. You're wild. I love it. I love it. (laughs) But now that I'm over 30, (laughs) I don't have that body anymore and my hair are uh, are very thin so having long hair is not very um, flattering because it will be very flat so that's why I cut it shorter and shorter every year until it's that short and I like it it's more dynamic and Mm. feel like it's more me and maybe it's all maybe something in conscious to be like to be different than other girls Mm -hmm. I don't want to be associated to a stereotype yeah so that's why interesting yeah Yeah. so when you came to vancouver you had the short hair yep and and then guys were like oh were you planning on growing it out how how would how would you answer that question i will say no and why (laughs) (laughs) they will be feeling uncomfortable answering me and say oh just wondering yeah it's not just wondering i don't feel like it's just wondering but right okay yeah. yeah. When they ask me those questions, for sure I won't see them again. Mm. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I'm, you have I'm to not... accept me. Yeah. Yeah. I... Like I am as now, not what I can be. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So how yeah. how was dating in Vancouver? Like, mm. what, what did you think about the guys here versus the guys in France? Like, what were the differences? Mm-hmm. So I never really dated Asian before. Um. So that was different, but I I I am always open minded and and I don't have a preference in terms of uh, ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was younger, I mostly dated black guys uh, because I grew up with them, so I have more friends that are black. So right. the higher chance for me dating them is higher. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I date some white guys. Coming here, it's a whole different level dating Asian. But I want. <laughs> I want level. <laughs> a level in terms of habits and culture. Oh, okay. Um, because I say, okay, maybe if they were born here, uh, maybe we do have the same approach in terms of culture, yeah. like being Chinese, but also having another like Westernized culture and being all of these things and complicated identity in the same time. Totally. But what I saw in the dating situation is the guys are more Asian than diverse in terms of thinking and cultural background. Even the ones born and raised here? Yes. 
Yeah. Uh, I think maybe sometimes it's unconscious, but maybe uh, they mostly have friends that are Asian and they most of the time will still live with their parents or very close to their parents. Mm -hmm. So the influence in that is very strong. Mm -hmm. And in comparison, I'm more independent. I'm very opinionated. Mm -hmm. So I most of the time scare them away. (laughs) 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 Yeah. and they will also test me like the older men will test me and see if I will offer to pay for myself and stuff like that they I maybe they are used to girls like taking advantages of them mm-hmm. um, but they they will be uncomfortable because I'm I'm too independent for them basically. yeah you know what's funny um it's funny you bring that up because I remember there was one time I was in Vietnam and I met uh, someone at my hostel and then mm. like we hung out. It wasn't a date, I don't think. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. It was, anyway. A hangout? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we like hung out the whole day and then like I would go and like we went to Starbucks and I would open the door and then like this and that. And then after he would say to me, he's like, listen, Nina, um, if you want to date a guy well we weren't dating or anything but he was just like just for the future if you want to date a guy you have to let a guy open the door for you right you have to let a guy do this for you because if you can do everything by yourself then the guy feels very useless this is what he told me and i was like okay first of all i I never asked for this yeah when he when he said that to me i really thought about it and i was like oh because i'm very used to doing things by myself and being very independent and you know i grew up in a house full of men so you know my brothers were never like oh always let men open the door for you right they would be like fucking do it do it (laughs) right so that's kind of what I grew up with so when he said that it it was it came as a shock to me so after that I think I would try to let guys do things for me more but then it felt very like uncomfortable for me at the same time yeah and not natural yeah yeah so I don't know it's like this weird balancing act I think I have to Uh, yeah and sometimes it's too much and Mm -hmm. in my mind I would say oh if you just let me sit by myself I I will be already sitting Mm -hmm. and I have to wait for you to to take the chair out and then it's it will never be pushed uh close enough to the table I have to do it so exactly just all the extra steps for me so oh please just let me do it yeah 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 (laughs) um what what is it so yeah the the Asian guys here are definitely I find more Asian than the it's funny you're you're in one of two camps here I feel like I rarely find a good balance of like Asian Canadian, yeah. right? You're either like exactly. super Asian or you're super white. Exactly. And mm-hmm. the super white Asian mm-hmm. one, they won't date Asian girls. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for me, I was looking for someone in, uh, in between mm-hmm. and I couldn't find one. Yeah, and then uh, the dates that I have with like I uh, with white guys, uh, like most of them, I do feel like they have a, a preference for Asian girls, and mm-hmm. yeah, I know. So, I've I've had many white know. guys say to my face, "I only like Asian girls. I only date Asian girls. I don't like white girls." You know, like they they've said it straight to oh. my face. They're not like yeah. shy about it. 
So yeah, yeah, I, it's weird. Yeah, I have difficulty with that because myself, I, I don't focus on the ethnicity of the color of the skin to choose a partner, right? right. It's if it's only that easy, that would be great, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not. It's for me, it's more about personality and like. Getting along with each other, compatibility and stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. and that's the hardest part to to find on dating apps or even in real life. Oh, and the other difference that I notice between France or Europe in general and Canada is that when you go out in bar or out dancing or whatever, guys don't really approach you and offer to take your number. Yeah. But uh, in France, every time with my friends, we will go out, we will always have at least one person coming out to us and asking for a number or asking like to offer us a drink or something. And it's very common. And in France, every day you go out on the street, you will have compliments from men. Oh, interesting. And sometimes it can be a little bit uh, feel like a harassment because Mm -hmm. it sometimes is done in a way not very respectful mm-hmm. but it's something very common but I feel like here people are more cautious because they don't want to have any maybe lawsuit yeah, yeah. Harassment. I, I think so I, I, yeah here um, having a guy buy you a drink is uh, basically not gonna happen um, like <laughs> I, I remember I did a, a podcast with a girl named Sibel Everyone check out that podcast called From Refugee to Doctor. Gorgeous, gorgeous girl, right? Like, (laughs) oh my God, total smoke show. And then she was telling me how when she was at the bar, like trying to wait for a guy to, because she was like done with dating apps. She's like, I hate dating apps. This is the worst. And then she was waiting at a bar and no guy came up to talk to her. And I was like, no one came up to talk to her? That's insane. She's gorgeous. So yeah, it's it's a thing. Like, yeah. But that's, you know, I don't know. I don't know, like... I feel like, because I feel like if, if people don't approach you in real life, then the only way to meet someone now is through dating apps, it seems like. Right? Which which was very shocking. And it, all my French girlfriends living here, it, it was shocking for them because they, they will question themselves. Oh, maybe I'm not like Pretty beautiful enough. enough. I'm yeah. not attractive. What What is happening yeah. with men here? Like you... You won't talk to me now, but if we get a match, you will only talk to me through a a screen. screen. That's super weird. Yeah, right? Yeah. And sometimes you will talk with guys and maybe it will get sexual and stuff, but you will never get, like when you offer to meet in real life, they will will disappear. And that's very strange. (laughs) Wait, wait, can you you say that again? They will disappear, like uh, after like a... Like having a match and oh, yeah. talking and even sometimes it can be sexual, like in the conversation and stuff. Oh, yeah. But when you offer to meet in real life, they will always have excuses and sometimes they will just ghost you. Oh, you know what? You know what I think it is? So I think in those cases, you might have been talking to fake profiles really yeah because so oh god it's so annoying so this is a this is kind of a thing and i don't know if this is a thing in other places oh right the guys using fake pictures yeah and they don't look like they don't look guys, like that right? or um because you know vancouver has a large asian population and what i have noticed now is that 
uh, Asians, I know I don't want to say all Asians, but a lot of like younger Asians are quite immature because, you know, they live with their parents and don't really know how to be independent and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dating apps are getting more popular. So what's happening now is that young, like young people, young, especially like young Asians, they, they use dating apps just for fun. so they'll have fake profiles to talk to people and you know so right because for me um i've never had a guy not want to meet up with me when i was using dating apps before um and this this applies when i'm abroad and this applies when i'm in vancouver i haven't been on dating apps for like over a year because i just have not been interested in dating but uh yeah it's never been an issue for me to get to meet someone and if they and if they uh are weird about it then i then i'm like oh this is a woman masquerading as a man or this is a fake profile because i've met enough men i've talked to enough men to know like this isn't normal behavior and for a guy to even get a match number one it's super hard and number two and when he gets the match if the woman wants to meet up that's even harder you know what there was a guy i offered him to meet right away and he was scared he said it's too good to be true that you want to meet that's what me. i'm saying that's what i'm saying so the guys mm-hmm. that when you're talking to them and then you know after what you would consider normal conversation or normal length mm-hmm. of a conversation and they don't want to meet up almost always like a fake profile or like a 20 oh. year old asian girl pretending to be a guy or something like that because guys oh, it's so right. hard for guys to meet. and honestly guys have right. basically nothing to lose right they're at home they're trying to match mm-hmm. with girls all day and if a girl wants to meet up take that chance otherwise he's on his couch anyway you know <laughs> yeah so that's a oh yeah i think that's oh. the case maybe at, at what point did you kind of accept that dating culture now is dating five people at one time um after a few dates um because i i feel like i have to accept that because i'm here in canada now i'm not in france anymore mm-hmm. and i should not accept the same like habits and you know um yeah i I was not doing the same thing but i will be very uh clear and direct on first dates with people saying that i know that it's what people do here Mm -hmm. but i i don't um if you do it please tell me maybe i will be okay um just i i just wanted to to know and not lie to and yeah yeah it must have been really hard to accept because um i know it's like oh god i feel like everyone who's dating now has like incredible trust issues which i feel like were a thing before dating app started but since dating app started i feel like it's a whole new level of trust issues because you're just like yeah because you like when you receive a text you're like how many people are receiving this exact same text at this exact same time right exactly you can't trust anybody like it's it's rough. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how to say it? Uh, I, I don't share the same logic and I don't understand the logic because first, it's already hard to find someone that you can get along with. Yeah. If you're dating in the same time multiple person, what is the probability that the one girl that you like or the one guy that you like among those people mm-hmm. would choose you in the same time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So why would you make it more complicated uh, than what it is already? Why don't you date one person and then see if, usually if you're smart enough, one or two dates you know if it can be further and then you move on 
-hmm. You don't waste your time. And I don't see how emotionally it's possible to invest in a relationship when you're seeing so many people in the same time and you can and you will automatically it's human to compare those people. And the more you do that, the more it's difficult for you to find someone because you will expect to find, for example, let's say that you date five people in the same time, you expect one person to have all the qualities that you're looking for and maybe all those five people have one of the quality you have but then you will expect one person to have all of those things yeah which is not possible right right no i totally Mm -hmm. agree and the whole like um when you're talking to so many people how can you invest so much time in like equally among the pack right and it's not possible it's not possible and then they also know you're talking to multiple people so they also don't invest much and then you're playing this whole like i don't really care about you but i need to keep you with the 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 pool of fish that i'm eating you know and then it just becomes this whole that's part of the reason why i stopped dating too is i was just like wow this is this is obscene like this is like yeah obscene and then i remember when i kind of like first got the the taste of uh dating in Mm -hmm. this new time and i met a guy and i thought i really liked him uh and then he was just like yeah but i'm gonna talk to other girls and i was like but why (laughs) like why can't why can't we just talk right and he's just like no i really like you but but i'm gonna talk to other girls and i'm gonna do this and i was just like is this what because i because i to be honest i don't have a lot of experience with dating um but i'm like a Mm -hmm. i'm a zero to a hundred type person whereas like if i'm gonna go and do something i'm gonna do it like and i'm gonna get it done and i'm gonna so i basically i feel like i did like my entire life's worth of dating in like a year and a half <laughs> like it, it, oh same thing yeah. I, I never dated in so many people and yeah. meet so many people in a short time yeah it was insane like there were periods i was talking to like yep. six seven people at one time and, and yep. i like i was like yep. i would and then people with the same name right so i'd have to oh, oh my yeah. god it was like ridiculous right so yep. and then i was like i can't like any of these people because i'm talking to so many and they don't like me and they're talking to so many and this is like ridiculous and yeah then, and then so when i would explain my my problems to other people it's like wow it's like really hard to find someone i can connect with that only wants to date one person and you know what answer mm-hmm. i've been getting uh no. what kind of advice i've been getting is like oh well it sounds like you need to go to church <laughs> oh! <laughs> You know what? I got the same advice. Right? Everyone's like, wow, your thinking is like very in line with how the church thinks. And I was like, okay, listen, I want to find someone similar to me who isn't religious, but has like the same principles and values. And like, I'm sure, I don't know if they exist or whatever, but um, yeah, the whole going to church thing, I was like, that is just, it's just, I've gone my whole life without being a part of that. And I don't Mm -hmm. plan on incorporating it into my life anytime soon or anytime at all <laughs> so all oh, right one of the yeah. things same thing i was looking for someone not religious mm-hmm. and that was hard too yeah it was tough so like for me when i was uh traveling i would meet like people from different religious backgrounds and i was just like wow mm-hmm. this, is, this can never be anything because no. of religion yep yeah so yeah dating in vancouver is crazy but i'm happy to hear that you have found someone so it isn't impossible (laughs) 
It is possible to find someone on dating apps. Most of uh, of friends, like my, I'm married now. Mm-hmm. Most of my husband friends met on dating apps. Mm-hmm. I think it's the, it, it's the unfortunately the only it's way. It's the only way to meet someone now. Yeah. Now, yeah. And so I met him on Tinder, and we meet in real life after one and a half month after talking the first time but we did not talk that much we maybe talk twice um mm. short period and then i or him offered to meet pretty soon nice yeah so we met at a vietnamese restaurant love it Viet yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah and i arrived one hour late and he was still <laughs> waiting for me and then um I okay I don't expect guys to pay for me but I do appreciate when they offer mm-hmm. because for me it's a sign they like me right right he totally. did not offer to pay and and it's always this moment of like uh, where I'm very uncomfortable when the server will come and then say oh uh, separate or same bills and yeah, then totally they get, oh, separate and then in my mind say fine <laughs> 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 because in my mind if he said oh let me pay and then i will say okay let me pay the next time right mm-hmm. i will offer that totally yeah. and it's usually what i will appreciate mm-hmm. um because i want to see the gesture at least even though i don't expect it yeah um so i also have a chance to like meet again right yeah. and the conversation went well we talked non-stop mm-hmm. until the restaurant closed at 10 p.m mm-hmm. and then uh we left in separate uh, direction nothing happened we did not kiss or anything i i'm not sure if he really likes me but i know that we did have a good time talking and then he messaged me after i arrived at the sky train saying that oh i should should have offered you to go to a bar or something to continue like a date and then i i offered to come back and then we went to a bar and we stayed there until 2 p 2 a.m until they close again I and then that. i and then we left. Um, then he briefly like hold my hand and say, "Oh, let's let's meet again soon." Yeah. And then the next day we just keep texting nonstop until yeah. We I love it. Together it's, again. Oh, it sounds so pure <laughs> and like great, you know, like the fact that he grabbed your hand and was like, "Oh, let's meet again soon." Like that's I don't know. It just sounds really cute and pure. I feel like <laughs> I feel like the experiences I have online dating have been just like very aggressive and like not very <laughs> yeah. like, cute and you know just like the no. opposite of cute. I would say um, <laughs> yeah. a little bit scarring. Uh, a little I will say too. He didn't <laughs> date a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because he have like um, mostly long relationships in comparison of me I never had a long or serious relationship mm-hmm. before him I only date short term like briefly or yeah. short term or have casual. even when I stand mm-hmm. yeah very casual and so that was refreshing but same thing as the other dates I will on the first date say what are my principles my values and make sure that he has the same because I don't want to waste each other time totally. and I'm very direct on the first date I think it's a question of age too because I, I was past 30 and I was looking for a long time partner I'm not looking anymore to like having just someone uh, a sex partner or mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. so I 
I don't have much time left until I cannot procreate, right? <laughs> so I I have to act fast. <laughs> so every Clock time on the ticket. first day, I will be very direct. <laughs> Sometimes I'll say, "Oh, I like to like I like to play with men. Like I like to shock them. I like to like disturb them mm-hmm. and uh, surprise them." Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll say, "Oh, I'm looking for a husband here." <laughs> How do they react when you say that? <laughs> Oh, sometimes they, oh, Nina, they will ghost me after. (laughs) I've been ghosted so many times. You know what? I think it's a good thing, right? I I would much rather be ghosted than have a guy string me along for, yeah, you know what I mean? Don't waste my time. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost a gift being ghosted. (laughs) <laughs> thank you yes no seriously <laughs> just ghost people if you're not interested in them fuck it don't waste people's yeah, time <laughs> exactly but i personally i never ghost someone i will always be very very direct and i will either send them a text message saying that good luck with finding someone right um, i i don't feel like we can go further or something mm-hmm. because it's i want people to respect me the same way that I wanted to be respected, so I would treat them totally. the same way. I I feel like mm-hmm. I need to be respected. Yeah. So yeah. So on my first day with my husband, I yeah, I did not say to him no because <laughs> I did not want to scare him. <laughs> I I don't know. I I had a feeling that he could be the one. Oh so. I love it. Yeah. But uh, at the time, I, I was taking it slowly because he just um, uh, divorced. Mm. He just separated. So the I D didn't word. want to rush. Exactly. I didn't <laughs> want to rush things. I didn't want to be the, how do you, the rebound Yes, uh, the woman. rebound. Yes. Exactly. So I want to take it more slowly. That's mm-hmm. why I did not say I'm looking for a husband because right. I'm at that time, I wasn't sure that he, Maybe he doesn't want to get married or anything. And I'm open at that time not to getting married or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because French. I'm, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for me, living together, we can have kids or whatever. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for me, it's the same commitment. We don't need to, like, a piece of paper to be commit to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did tell him that, for example, I don't date multiple person at the same time. And I do, like, expect that from people that, like the other person that I'm dating mm-hmm. and then then he said I'm the same the, the same person I'm I'm the mm. same as you and then yeah every time uh, he or me will say something we will just answer by me too or the same right. so that was really reassuring and to find someone who share the same like visions and values than you mm-hmm. And also his background is very interesting and maybe it's what I was looking for. As I mentioned, I was looking for someone who will understand my Asian background, but also I'm not that Asian. I'm also very Western. You're Asian, but and not Asian. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And his his mix. So mm-hmm. he is uh, Thai and also a French Canadian. Mm-hmm. So he do speak French and he also have the Asian background. So uh, we click a lot on that. Awesome. Um, before me, he never dated an Asian girl before. Ooh. Uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, because of me, I feel I help him to 
bring up more his Asian side because yeah. most of the time, like his adult ha- life, is more like oriented white. Right, right. Yeah. So being with me, it was also like helpful for him to find his own identity and just be the person he is. Yeah, I love that. It's yeah. so it's so great. Like I, I think um the thing with dating and relationships is like people don't take them like I, I think people think that they take relationships seriously but I think what happens mm. is that a lot of people are so scared of being alone that they quickly mm. jump into relationships with people that they Hold may not me. be compatible with and then they get stuck Hold in these really long term relationships because they're mm-hmm. like oh fuck I've invested yeah. so much time already and I'm only Ex- getting older and the dating pool is exactly. only getting smaller and then, yep. and then the worst case scenario they get married worst worst case scenario they get married and have yep. kids and then they exactly totally and what taught me in the dating process is that i was not afraid to be alone exactly i already make make up my mind so the possibility to be alone all my life and it's fine Mm -hmm. i don't want to to settle for someone just to be with someone because yeah so for me the the biggest advice that i can give to all those people who are single is focus on yourself and love yourself and try to to just enjoy just being with yourself and then when you are able to achieve that you can find someone to share Mm -hmm. what you're able to do by yourself Mm -hmm. but if you wanted to find someone just to um be happy and hope that the person will make you happy that won't happen exactly no i i agree completely and i think it's it's so funny like i was talking to my other my german friend and she is mm-hmm. also total babe smoke show hot girl like just conventionally hot girl whatever and she's <laughs> single and it like literally makes no sense um but she was telling me how like she wants to find someone that she's very compatible with on every level mm-hmm. that she can uh, grow yep. with and not just date yeah. randomly. And she was saying how like yeah. some of her friends, you look at them and they're not that like, they don't look very compatible and, and it's not just her, but like yeah. even me, like some of the, my friends, I look at them and their partner and I'm like, you guys don't even look like you like each other. You guys don't even look like oh. you have anything in common. Right. Or, oh. but I, I know like, I'm not here to like judge other people's relationships, but it's just, yeah. sometimes it just comes off as like, people aren't as compatible and then they kind of settle yep. and and i'm not saying settling yep. is too bad but it's just like our divorce rates are like 50 percent or higher and i think we need mm-hmm. to like reevaluate and re-look at things like that right yeah and it is hard exactly. to find someone i don't know like when i see a couple that has like a lot of chemistry right and they like flirt and they laugh and they giggle and it's like genuine and not from a place of like i want something from you mm-hmm. it's like very nice yep. right yeah it is it's nice but doesn't mean that finding someone who you are compatible with means that everything will be easy after totally yeah right uh first you find someone who you are compatible like emotionally intellectually and everything yeah but then you want to make sure that you're also compatible sexually yeah everything combined together it's not easy right sometimes you can connect emotionally but not physically Mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that all those things like are compatible Mm -hmm. um with my husband like knowing each other at the beginning there was the honeymoon phase we like see each other like the perfect human being but after that phase we do see each other flaws and then we did fight a lot Mm -hmm. 
And it's part of the process, right? right. We we still fight. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's a but yeah, no, it's it's good. Like it's you have to work on it. But yeah, I think I think uh, people need to pay more attention. And and I think the 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 main reason people don't last in relationships, I feel like, is because people don't really know who they are or what they want, right? Yep. And then and yeah. then they get with other people that don't know who they are and what they want. And then they, they try to figure it out together, but it's like, yep. if, yeah, if you don't have a strong foundation of who you are as a human and what yeah. you want, then it's it's kind of hard to bring that uh, Definitely. Into, morph it into something yeah. else. Yeah. But what helps me in the process, I when I start the dating apps and stuff, I didn't know what I wanted mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure what I need and who I am. Yeah. But going on those many dates with different people help me to see better uh, who I am and also what matters to me the most Mm -hmm. and if I didn't have all those dates I don't think that I will be where I am now with my husband yeah no that's awesome yeah I would say like dating advice I'm not I'm nobody to give dating advice but but if if dating advice were to be given I would suggest people just date a lot if you can I know I know for guys it's a little bit harder unless you're like really good looking or you're rich yeah um but if you can date as much people as you can get to know as much people as you can because when I first started dating I had no idea what I wanted or what I was looking for but after meeting like a lot of people yeah I definitely know what I don't want at the very Mm -hmm. least um but I do have a sense of what I do want and then what I'm like too so yeah definitely date date a lot of people I I think this whole stigma exactly yeah there's so much stigma against like meeting and dating a lot of people i'm not saying sleep with everybody but i'm saying just meet people no. for dates and talk to them and get to know you, them right? exactly you can just go on a dinner or do activity yeah, or something or just have a with coffee, that person yeah, or... stuff like that. exactly and yeah. um, just to meet different people so you give yourself more chance to know that there is not only one type of people sometimes you will just stick exactly. with people that you grew up with yeah. and have a idea uh, very strong about how men should be but open mm-hmm. or women should be just mm-hmm. open yourself to other possibilities and don't restrict yourself into like one ethnicity like oh only asian or only black i have so many friends that are only dating black guys <laughs> and then i feel like that's so so dumb like restricting yourself to just uh skin colors that's yeah. so dumb i understand that you have some preference and regarding attraction Mm -hmm. but um open yourself to different people yeah definitely yeah and the whole Mm -hmm. thing you said about how people get so locked into their one community and they only date people within that community that are like them that have the same background have the same education same income like everything there's so much more to the world out there than people yeah. within your tiny ass bubble like step out of there mm-hmm. and then you might be compatible with someone you would never have any interaction with in any other way right so i yeah i just think the world's really big and i think yep. people need to be more open-minded and um really and maybe that's the way you can find like real happiness right maybe the maybe For your sure. most compatible partner isn't someone like that you think of that you think right. of exactly right yeah and it makes it more fun exactly just open yourself and see what happens yeah oh my god zoe yeah. thank you so much for coming on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> 
thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing all of that. I think we got like a really deep dive into number one, dating in Vancouver and like finding a partner in relationships and stuff like that, which I think is um, important. It's not just like, I I think it's a really hard thing, um, but I think it's worth talking about so we can learn and explore more. And then for sharing your experience Mm. growing up, you know, different identity and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, because I always think about it from an Asian Canadian perspective, but your uh, history growing up is so much different from mine, right? Mm. Uh, but then our identity issues are similar. So so it's just always interesting to see everyone's Yeah. And yeah. um, one thing that also helped me finding my identity is YouTube. Um, before YouTube, I didn't know that uh, so many Asian like me growing up in uh, other country than Asia have the same issue as me. And that reassured me a lot. Mm. Uh, I was watching at uh, first watching like video youtube from uh wong fu productions do you know about yeah, them yeah yeah they're very famous and the the first videos were great now it's less <laughs> <laughs> but uh the first one when they talk about the like being asian etc that really helped me a lot so i can like relate it to them like oh when uh like the youtubers would talk about oh uh all the asian families would do that like have the plastic cover on your um uh, uh, remote control remote control yeah. and removing your shoes those things like I feel like very strange like growing up that my parents would do that because for example <laughs> in France people will never take out their shoes uh, mm. when they enter a home mm-hmm. and then when we have guests we always feel like we never ask them to take out their shoes but then we will mop the floor after they left oh yeah uh, right um and my parents having all those plastic rubber on like electronics and stuff like i i I feel very weird but like watching those videos and seeing that oh okay i'm not the only one experiencing that in my family Mm -hmm. that was reassuring and made me feel better yeah no there's so many good resources out there and like the whole thing the whole reason i do the podcast too is just to get more stories out there because like Mm -hmm. whoever might resonate with this and stuff like that so yeah thank you so much for sharing your story thank you (laughs) all right everyone thank you for listening to this episode of fast the 15 podcast thank you to my guest zoe for coming on and sharing your story and i will see everyone on the next episode bye